Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Euro Trip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast. I'm Rob, and you may think things are sounding a little bit more echoey than normal. I promise you, I'm not recording in my bathroom. All will become clear very shortly. I'm James. I'm here as well. But the most exciting part about this week's episode, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because we do have some excellent guests coming your way shortly. But one of the most exciting parts of this week's episode is the fact that we're back together. We've got the band back together, everyone. We are in person for only our, what is this, fourth or fourth episode, I think, that we've ever recorded together. Normally, we're at other ends of the country, but now... We're in person. Back together again. We're not in Stockholm. There's a clue. We're somewhere else. We'll tell you where we are very, very shortly and also why we're here. But it's time for this week's episode of the Euro Trip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. Hi, we are Dani Okakamane and you're listening to Euro Trip. But I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision. I love Lindsay and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estudal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. 
Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week we're joined by not one, not two, but three of this year's class of Eurovision 2022. So many Eurovision artists. I say so many, three. James has already said literally three. Three artists. Three of the class of 2022 joining us. And we will kick off with someone that you've heard on the podcast before. We'll be going back to Portugal and hearing from Mauro again. Yeah, I'm so excited to bring you this interview. Of course, we spoke to her a few weeks ago, just in the run-up to Festival de Cansao, that she, of course, won, and then, of course, won the right to represent Portugal with, with her song Saudade, Saudade. And it was great to sit down with her again, because it's always lovely, isn't it, where you chat to an artist who's trying to represent the country, then they get the ticket, and you just see how the mood changes. So we'll be chatting to her all about that. Not sure how that's how you pronounce the song, but we'll go with that. Is it Saudade, Saudade? Well, I thought it was Saudade, Saudade. Uh, but is I it th- not? I think it may well have changed. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll find that out a little bit later. Or maybe we won't. Who knows? We'll just continue to pronounce it incorrectly. Then, after we hear from Maro, we'll be crossing over to Iceland. And for the first time on the podcast this year, we'll be hearing from Sister, of course, the three women representing Iceland at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. And then, I think, the first time in the Eurotrips history, we're going to be going to Georgia. I don't think we've ever had a Georgian artist or anybody from the country on the Eurotrip before, but I'm so excited to introduce Circus Mergus to the podcast this week. What a joy that chat was. I'm very excited for you to tell everybody listening just how that chat came about and what it was like while you sat in the Zoom waiting room waiting for them all to arrive for that call. So that is very, very, very exciting and pretty sure that's an exclusive. I've not seen an interview with Circus Mercus anywhere else. Yeah, so we've got all that and more still to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. Now this is very exciting. Another episode of the Eurotrip and another episode of the Eurotrip in person. So far, the only time that me and you have been together was in Stockholm, I think, for Melody Festival. And, and soon, we'll of course be together in Turin for this year's Eurovision Song Contest. This is like a little bonus trip, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit impromptu, this, but we are doing something very exciting. We can't go into all the details, but what we can say is we're, we're filming a TV show with some of Eurovision's favourite stars... <laughs> Is that, is that safe to is that fair to say? I think that's ambiguous enough. And that leaves everybody now listening thinking, who are Eurovision's favourite star? Well, anyway, at some point in the not too distant future, you'll potentially you should. You'll find out what we were doing and who we were doing it with. And this is very exciting. You may be wondering why it's so echoey. We're in the photo studio. Me and James had a photo shoot yesterday, which is honestly not something that I've ever been through before. <laughs> yeah, this place is pretty busy. So we were in the TV studio earlier. It was ram-packed and we we're like, goodness me, we need to record the podcast. Let's find somewhere. <laughs> but everywhere is so busy. So we've just sort of walked into the photo. What do you call this? A photo? I was going to call it a photo booth. I think it's still a photo studio. Photography studio. Photography studio. Yeah, that explains it. So it is a bit echoey, but we might go for a wander a little bit later on. Yeah, this is where me and James did the title sequence as well yesterday, didn't we, for this TV show, which involved us having a pillow fight, a little bit like they do in, um, what's, what's, what, are they sororities? Or, uh, you know, in America, the American colleges. I'm really looking forward to you struggling through this sentence. I don't know. I, in my head, they just have pillow fights all the time. I don't quite know what word I'm talking about. Anyway, all you need to know is me and James had a pillow fight, and at some point the pillows got ripped, and the feathers in the pillows went everywhere. And I honestly think I ingested about half a pillow, so if I do cough through this episode, I'm very sorry. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen 
uh, a natural duck feather pillow before. <laughs> I haven't, and I always, I was going to say, I always have thoughts about them. But whenever I've thought about a feather pillow before, it's not what you think. Honestly, I struggled to breathe. So yeah. you're very lucky that we're actually here for this week's podcast. Yeah, that was very up in the air, wasn't it? At one stage <laughs> yesterday. Now, thank you to all of you who got in touch, of course, on last week's episode, which we recorded just after the Easter weekend. Who joined us on the podcast last week? It feels like a lifetime ago. Last week, we featured chats with, of course, Larry Ullinen. Wow, that, you, we were really racking your brains for that one. It's been a busy week for you. I can forgive you for, for forgetting a little bit there. But yeah, we, we chatted about, or we tried to chat about Easter-related Eurovision songs, and we really struggled. However, some of you clever lot listening at home, it wasn't as difficult for you guys. Yeah, so Chris got in touch. Thank you, Chris. So Easter-related Eurovision songs, which now feels a bit weird to be doing like at the end of <laughs> April. But anyway, uh, Chris said, uh, based on title alone, surely 2015's I'm Alive would be a good Easter pick. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was El Haidadani's Eurovision song in 2015 for Albania. And then Chris gave us another one. Uh, not to mention, Rise Like a Phoenix. Oh, I didn't even see that message from Chris. Oh, we really missed some sitters there, didn't we? What a disgrace from us. So thanks for, for getting in touch. And you can always get in touch with us online with any of your comments. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram hello at eurotrippodcast.com on the email. And uh, it was on Twitter that we also got another message as well. Rob, you've got it in your hand there. What was this all about? Well, we've got a bone to pick with one of this year's Eurovision artists who we haven't heard from yet on the podcast. And after this, maybe we will never hear from them at all. <laughs> so I'm talking about Lumix from Austria. So Lumix and Pia Maria, of course, representing Austria at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Lumix has stolen the name Eurotrip. Has, has he actually? Yeah. Let me have a look. So this is Lumix's Instagram story from uh, last week, I think. Uh, Eurovision Song Contest during 2022. Eurotrip. Win tickets for ESC. Win two tickets to Eurovision. That's all very well, Lumix. And it's very nice that you're giving people the chance to win Eurovision tickets. But the name Eurotrip is very much taken. And thank you to Costa, who got in touch and uh, notified us of, of that potential copyright breach. I wonder how many people are going to be disappointed entering that competition, think they're going to meet us. Wow. And then they just end up meeting Lumix. I mean, I don't know which one I'd prefer. I like the idea that me and you replace Lumix and Pia Maria <laughs> and we do Halo in the semi-finals at Eurovision in a couple of weeks. Are you doing the DJing or are you doing the vocals? I'll do the DJing, you can do the vocals. <laughs> Very good. But while we won't hear from Lumix on today's episode, we will be chatting to three of this year's class of 2022. This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So this is the Eurotrip and thought I'd take us outside. It's a very nice day and I don't know about you, but there's a smell of, smell of baked goods in the air. It is a smell of baked goods in this crisp... What is it? Spring, UK sunshine. It's about... I was going to try and give you a weather forecast like you care. <laughs> like you care. Honestly, you're here for the Eurovision stuff, not the weather forecast. I mean, if you're interested, it is, yeah, nice and sunny. But we might go and get a coffee after this, actually. But we've brought you outside because we need a bit of a break, to be honest. These days are long, aren't they? Like yesterday's day of filming was... We did two episodes of this show that we're doing yesterday. I had quite a lot of wine during the second show, <laughs> to be honest with you. So I've got a little bit of a headache at the minute and enjoyed finishing off the bottle with... Oh, you nearly said the name. I wasn't going to say the name. I was going to try and give a clue. Enjoyed finishing off the bottle with one of Eurovision's most successful non-winners. That doesn't make any sense, <laughs> does it? You know what I mean? They did very well when they did Eurovision, basically. And they're from Scandinavia. That's the only clue you're getting. 
Yeah, you're really narrowing it down. By the end of the episode, you're just going to give up the postcode of where they live, <laughs> all the details that people really need. But anyway, shall we stick to 2022 artists? We've got three of them on this week's episode to chat to. We'll chat to Circus Mercus and Sister uh, from Iceland a little bit later on. But first, we'll start with Maro from Portugal. We spoke to her, of course, a few weeks ago as she was preparing to take part in Portugal's selection, Festival de Cansao. And she was a big fan favourite from the outset. I remember seeing a lot of talk about her online, on Twitter and stuff like that. And I think... I'm going to be honest, I think she might be a bit of an underdog. I'm not going to say for the victory, but I think her song is really going to stand out because there's nothing else like it. So we'll chat about what she's hoping for at the Eurovision Song Contest. We'll talk about her staging as well. She's going to be joined by some very special guests for on stage in Turin. And we'll chat about all that and more. So let's get into it, shall we? This is what happened when I caught up with Maru from Portugal. Maru, welcome back to the Eurotrip. What a treat it is to speak to you Thank again. You. Of course, we last spoke to you way, way back before Festival de Cansao, before you'd even stepped on the stage in that competition. You know, the broadcaster you told us for many years had wanted you to take part. I think about three times before they'd asked you to take part. So yeah. what was it like to finally get on that stage? It was super cool, actually, because, you know, you, you see it all from the outside always. And it was the first time I got to see how it all works from the inside and actually to realize that the whole, you know, festival world in Portugal is actually really about the, the music and about uh, collaboration and, and everything. And so it was actually a really amazing experience. What is it like to actually get on that stage, they say your name, the lights go down, your music starts? What does that buzz really feel like? I feel like that's the hard part. That's definitely <laughs> the... Because, you know, you're. I'm used to when I play, it's... Uh, usually you know my shows and people that go and that want to hear my music and then know my work and here it's kind of like you're put on the stage where you have no audience you just have a bunch of cameras and then you kind of have to sing for the whole country and and obviously some people in the country are not rooting for you so they also immediately kind of don't like you <laughs> and so you're singing and you also kind of know that but in the end I was you know in the end I was I I, I love the, the 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 song I I brought for the festival and I I think especially in the final where I sang with four friends. And so I think we just kind of decided, to, you know, like, let's, it's, we're still singing together. Let's have fun with it. And, and it's, it's a different situation, but it's still us making music together, you know? Remind us about the song that you've got in Eurovision this year. I remember when we, we spoke last time, you told us about the meaning of it and, and the process you went through to write it. Just remind us about what that song is actually all about. It's about my granddad that uh, uh, left us in the, at the end of 2020. And it's kind of always been, uh, you know, I'm still not really used to him not being here. And so he talks about that whole like saudade, which is the word we use for when you miss something or somebody, you have saudade. Uh, and so it's really like this whole nothing more that I could say says it in, in a better way. That's kind of how I feel every day towards him because he was just kind of like my safe space and my best friend and it kind of talks about that Which part 
of Festival de Cancer was the most nerve-wracking? Was it that moment where I was saying, you know, they say your name, the lights go down, you're about to perform? Or is it when those votes and results start to come through and you start to think, wow, maybe, maybe this could be my <laughs> moment? It's funny because I, I wasn't in it for for the win, if I could say it that way. So really the nerve-wracking part was to sing. But then that switched when people start, you know, I, and I sang and I was kind of like, but any person that will win here, it's going to be so good because everybody was just such like amazing people and, and the songs were fun. And it was, it was, it was so good that I was kind of like, I sang and I was like, wow, that's done. Because what I wanted to do with it, it's done. Like, which was to show my music to Portugal. But then they started saying my name on the scores, on the juries and stuff like that. And that's when I actually started getting like, nervous because it's like that's the part that i wasn't worried about it's like you know <laughs> someone else is gonna win and do it and go for it and it's great because i wasn't really thinking like or having any expectations regarding winning and so suddenly when it actually i started seeing like the song doing well and suddenly getting max score from this judge and this judge and this judge and it, it kind of started being a thing that, that you know we had like those the 15 minutes of what? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it, in the end, it's kind of like all of it is a bit thrilling overall, I think. Then how quickly does your life change on that night or is it the morning after? You know, probably <laughs> when you're looking at Instagram and stuff and your followers just keep going up and up and up. But was that a bit of a moment when you thought, blimey, this is this is big? Yeah, I, I think not as much as the followers, because, you know, there's always like kind of, I think my followers kind of always went up by like little things that, you know, you do this in your career and it, because oh, it makes sense. You like work and you showcase your work. And so, you know, it's gradual and everything. I think it was more like, first of all, suddenly, whoa, I have to change my whole schedule. I was supposed to go to Brazil in May, you know, <laughs> and I had like this sessions booked and all these things. Like, okay, like change everything. And then also get like asked for press in Portugal. That was pretty intense. Like, you know, interviews for this and this and this and this and this and this and this, which is a woof. Nobody knew me in Portugal. And then I think more than than anything, I think it's seeing the reactions and how people are talking about it. So it wasn't really like the day or the day before or the day or the day after or the day after after or the followers. I think he was realizing that, you know, a week later, two weeks later, a month later, you keep on seeing like more and more people react to the song and like actually going to see who am I and what do I do and like start knowing like about my previous work and I think that's when it really started hitting me like wow this is big. What has the last what is it now four or five weeks since Festival de Cancer it must be maybe you know exactly how many days it is have you just been counting the days since it has been Festival <laughs> de Cancer? No I mean I know it was like March 12th so I guess it's a bit over a month now. So a bit over a month what has your life looked like since then because of course there's been some of these Eurovision parties. We've not seen you at any of those. So does that mean you've just been locked in a recording studio, in a rehearsal studio, you know, perfecting everything that we're going to see in Turin? No, not at all, actually. I, I had said yes to a, a, a tour. So I'm opening for this artist called Charlotte Cardin. She's a Canadian artist, uh, an amazing one, too. And, you know, this was booked like months ago and and you know i kind of asked the festival like you know but i still have this tour like i, I can do it right because i i had made a commitment you know like i said yes i was i you know th there was a, a an obligation towards it uh, and so i you know i'm 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 here i'm currently in berlin <laughs> um doing this this tour and we still have three <laughs> shows in france and then it's it's over but 
exactly I had this 10 shows to do and it was like a three-week tour I know it's bad because everybody's kind of like doing this pre-parties and everything and Portugal's kind of like gone missing but at the same time I it's kind of something that was booked and I had to do it and uh it's such an honor to open for Charlotte so it in the end I think it's still good it's just maybe some people don't get why I'm not showing up as much but really it's 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 a matter of like work that was um I had said yes to and I I, I couldn't just bail on it let's quickly chat Turin uh, in Italy of course is that going to be the first time for you in Turin I won in 2014 but I went for a day I was in Milano visiting a friend and then we kind of like took a train in the morning walked around the whole day and went but you know like the for two weeks and and you know as a part of something so different and so crazy and so special um it's the first time here and I think it's going to be a blast yeah for sure and one of the big yeah. things that people are going to look forward to seeing is the staging of course we've heard a little bit about what the staging is going to look like because you're going to be on stage but joined by some of your fellow competitors from Festival de Cansao tell us about that <laughs> Yeah, I mean the dream the dream really would be to bring everybody from the festival, but you know, there's there's a rule. We can only <laughs> be six uh on stage. And so really there were three artists that I that I super connected with throughout the festival because they were, you know, just from day one, they were so passionate about my song and and you know, were uh they they talked about it, they they were open about it and it was so nice. But one of them was FF, which you know, he's a he's a guy. And we had this thing of like, okay, a choir of women. And so it ended up being like the other two. So Diane and Lenish, um, that it just kind of made sense. But really the dream would be to bring everybody in to kind of like, well, in the end, we're still all Portuguese and we're all going to represent song. But unfortunately, that's not a, we can't do that. I think in your reprise performance of Festival de Cansao, didn't you bring everybody on stage with you? I think it was the entire cast of Festival de Cansao. Oh, that would be yeah. good to do that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be mega awesome. I feel like I know what the answer is going to be to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I remember when we spoke last time, you said that taking part in Festival de Cansao was a great tick in the box and anything else would be a bonus. Any result would be a bonus. Is that the way you're looking at Eurovision? You know, I could really Absolutely. ask you. Yeah, I was going to say, I could ask Absolutely. you what do you want to happen, but anything is a bonus. I think just going and singing a song that is so special to me with people that are so special to me and that I'm a fan of uh, and going with a production team, you know, from the RTP, the Portuguese, that it, they're so special and it's, it became such a kind of like family vibe that at this point, that's already so amazing that whatever happens is just, it really is a bonus. I know it's kind of like this pretty way of saying it, but really if, 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 if we'd end up in last, it would still be, it'd still be fine. It's like, we, I know that we're going to do, our best and that we're going to sing something that I'm proud of and I, I find really pretty and, and special and everything else that will come with it, it will you know will will be fine well I know there's going to be so many people listening who are excited to see what the performance looks like wishing you all the best of luck and I'll do the same I just wish you the very best of luck for Turin thank and you. I'll be there and we'll catch up in a couple of weeks time thank you so much for joining yeah, us yeah you're gonna be there yes I'll be there so we can catch up then thank you James thank you don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. You are listening to the Eurotrip and so lovely to have Mara back on the podcast.
Yes, it was. I was saying before the interview, at least I think I did, um, that it's always lovely to chat to an artist who's about to go to a national selection. They then win the national selection and then you chat to them again as they're preparing for Eurovision because you see how their state of mind changes, don't you, in that process? We've been so lucky to have that a few times in this year's Eurovision, I think, because there was a few artists we've spoken to before they got the right to represent their country and then obviously went on to win their national selection. Like Cornelia Jacobs, that's the one that really stands out for me. You know, we were at her first interview before Melody Festival and and then you spoke to her again just before the final and then we spoke to her again just after the final and hopefully we'll catch up with her in Turin as well so it's just nice to see that full journey isn't it from start to finish yeah it really is of course the Rasmus as well last week uh, Brooke a little bit earlier on in the year for Ireland of course so yeah it's always great to chat to those guys but we didn't do the news earlier on. I just thought we'd mention this. We didn't do the usual Eurovision news roundup, only because I think we've realised at this point it's all fairly quiet and mundane, isn't it? Just people are getting ready for Turin. However, earlier this week, a pretty big news story happened, didn't it? It broke on Monday night. Yeah. Eurovision's going to Canada, everybody. <laughs> that is wild, isn't it? Now, I know you're going to be quite excited about this because you're a big... Can I say Canada fan? Does that work? <laughs> big Canada fan. I'm going to Canada later in the year. I'm going to a wedding in Canada later on this year. So are you going to go and scout out the TV studios they're going to use? Maybe. Maybe I can make us some connections and me and you can host the official Eurovision Canada podcast. <laughs> Maybe I can try and make those connections while I'm out there. But yeah, that was, that was a wild news that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, fascinating to see Eurovision going a bit more global. Uh, I remember hearing Martin Ostadar speaking uh, a little bit earlier this year. He's saying he wants to make Eurovision not just a song contest, but a global entertainment brand. He's wanting to take over the world, is he? Where next? Like Eurovision... I don't know. Name a country. Any country. South Africa. Nice. You're in South Africa. (laughs) If it happens, I hope that you can claim some copyright on that or something like that. Uh, We have moved again. We were outside before and I think we mentioned that we wanted to go and get a coffee. So that's exactly what we've done. So we're just sitting in a nice little cafe away from the TV studio. We'll take you up there very, very shortly. But it is now time for our second Eurovision Act of the day, and it's a conversation that I had last week with Sister. Now, this is Sigur, Better and Aline, who are, of course, representing Iceland at this year's Eurovision Song Contest with their song that I'm not going to try and pronounce now, only because they tell us how to pronounce it during the interview a little bit later on. Now, James, I'm going to give you some facts that you may not have known about Sister beforehand. Did you know that they once performed at the Glastonbury Festival? Oh, did they? What, yeah. As in Glastonbury in the UK? As in Glastonbury in the UK. So that comes up in this interview. Did you know, I'd be very surprised if you did, their dad was part of a band that had a UK top 20 single in the 1980s. Hey, big time, aren't they, this family? They are a musical family. They're like the Icelandic Von Trapps. <laughs> and their brother is joining them on stage as well, playing the drums when they're at in Turin. So there is loads to talk to them about. And this is what happened when we caught up earlier on. Guys, first question. Thank you so much for joining us. We are now early April at the time that we're talking, mid-April. So how are preparations going at this stage? It's going pretty well. We are very busy. (laughs) It's quite different from anything we've ever done before. Mm -hmm. So every day is kind of some something new, something a new adventure. Well, you, you say that it's you know something new, something that you've never done before, of course, when it comes to Eurovision. I know that you guys have you've performed at Glastonbury in the past, of course, and your your family, of course, and, and yourselves, hugely experienced musicians. So how helpful is that to prepare for such an event like the Eurovision Song Contest? It is helpful and it's not helpful. You become kind of a perfectionist <laughs> when you are in this 
business, but I don't think it's, it's, it's a very different thing to compete in music. It's a very different thing. Usually you're just, everybody's together and they're doing it together. And now we are in a competition, even though we don't, we don't necessarily treat it like a competition. We respect everybody and, and yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's a different scenario. It's a, yeah. But of course it helps because like we're, we're used to going on stage and, mm-hmm. and singing, but but this is like so much bigger and and like yeah, I'm always nervous before I go on stage. It doesn't matter if it's two hundred millions or twenty people. I'm mm-hmm. just always nervous yeah. for the fir- for the first three minutes. In this case, we're done after three minutes. <laughs> although i mean you know hopefully for you guys you get if you get to the final hopefully you'll get an early slot in the final and then the three minutes is over and then you can just sit in the green room and enjoy it and watch everybody else like and then and then the nerves are over exactly yeah exactly yeah (laughs) now it's not often that you get the chance you know like i am right now to chat to a, a, a group that have done glastonbury so how was the glastonbury experience for you back in 2016 i think it was yeah yeah, <coughs> it was it was fun. It was muddy, very, really very muddy. muddy. Yeah. muddy. Yeah, we did not yeah. prepare no. for no. shoes wise for Glastonbury. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. Yeah, but we, that's a completely different music. Yeah, it's it's very fun. It's an honor to yeah. have played there. Yeah, and yeah, everybody was just super nice. Yeah. It was yeah, and yeah, all in all, just a great experience. Yeah, it was amazing to get to go and play there. It was a yeah true honor get to play at Glastonbury. And do you think that there is a chance of getting some good points for you guys from the United Kingdom potentially? Because I know that your dad also had a had a top 20 hit in the UK chart in the 80s as well. So it's almost like you've got a connection with us here in the UK. We're counting on the yeah, Mezzo well, Forte fans. Yeah, yeah, we're counting on You're that. also <laughs> our closest country. You know, you're only two hours away. Yeah. Who is your, your favourite act or, or, you know, are there any acts that come to mind that you have met, of course, from from touring the continent from performing previously or or who especially are you looking forward to meeting up with in Turin? we love maro from portugal yeah she's great yeah. amanda from greece mm-hmm. she's yeah. a great singer i mean everybody is great everybody yeah. is doing a great job yeah but i think from the people we have met so far yeah he definitely um, sam. Yeah, sam sam is, is such, he has such a vibrant energy yeah yeah. He's just kind and nice so to kind, everybody. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of people we like yeah. being around. Because yeah. we like to be that kind of people too. Yeah. If we talk about, of course, you guys performing, like you said, you're competing at Eurovision this year, competing on behalf of Iceland. Now, there are so many statistics thrown around at Eurovision. I think the one that always comes to mind with Iceland is that 99.9% of the Icelandic population watch Eurovision on the Saturday, on the big night in the grand final, and also, of course, watch the semifinals as well. Does that add to the pressure or does that just make it a huge honour or is it a bit of both? It's definitely a bit of both. Yes, yeah, both. both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. All the potato chips and everything is sold out in our stores. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it is, it's stressful because you always want to do a good job Mm -hmm. for your country. Mm -hmm in that way but it's an honor because we are we suck at sports so we never get to compete in anything so we get to compete for iceland yeah yeah. in something
course, you are representing Iceland and representing Iceland with a song in Icelandic as well. So how important is it that you are taking Icelandic to the Eurovision stage this year? I mean, it's we love our language, uh, a language that few people speak. Mm-hmm. And we care about it. We care about holding on to that mm-hmm. language. You know, 400,000 people speak this language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we understand that it's hard for other people to understand the lyrics, mm-hmm. but we try to communicate that with people, what we're singing about. Well, can you do that for us a little bit now, actually? So, of course, can you first off talk us through the name of the song so that we can at least try and pronounce it properly? <laughs> yes, of course. So it's meth. Mm, yeah. Almost like meth. Meth. Like meth. 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 Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Hækande. Hæk. Hækande. Like you're hiking. Ande. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. Mered Haikande. Yep. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and what does it mean? And what, what is the message of the song? It means uh, with the rising sun. So, we have this saying here in Iceland because we have like super long, dark winters. And uh, it's something we say to each other like when the sun starts coming up and staying longer. Uh, we say Mered Haikande Sol. And it's also like a reference to like there's light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of yeah. like bring, all, yeah, bringing brings, you hope it brings yeah. hope you know we have to like we have two hours of daylight uh, in december mm-hmm. and it's like we it's a term that represents that the sun is coming out the days are growing longer mm-hmm. and it's also representing just this you know lightness mm-hmm. and fun times ahead it's nice to have a, a Eurovision song this year with an uplifting message because there are so many ballads, of course, with very serious subjects, of course, not that yours isn't, but do you know what I mean? It's nice to have an uplifting song that we can look forward to in, on the Eurovision stage this year. Now, I know that I haven't got very long with you, so I do just want to ask you, you know, what can we look forward to in Turin, especially when it comes to the staging? I know you can't tell us very much, but is there anything you can give us, a little hint about what we can expect? Because presumably I think the focus will be on 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 you three on the song and also I know your brother's going to join you on the stage as well he's playing the drums yeah he's a little brother yeah yeah uh Erlin will be floating yeah she will be floating and in a space suit yeah no um we are not I mean there's not a lot we can change no because you do not want to see us dance that was not (laughs) experience for you all yeah and we will change whatever we can to do it, like refine it. Let's say that we are refining yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We will not be wearing the same costumes. No. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. just, we're more uh, focusing on the music itself a little bit. That's yeah. where we are mm-hmm. focusing on. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. No, we can't wait to see it. And, and I suppose last question, you know, well, we've already figured out that you're going to get the UK vote anyway. We know that. But anyone else listening to this podcast who can, of course, vote for you in the semi-final, what would you like to say to them? Thank you. Just, yeah. Uh... Yeah, thank you for all the support. And, and it's an honour to to be in this. Thank you for all the messages yeah. you've sent us. That's been so yeah. kind. Yeah. It's very uplifting. And, uplififying, yeah. and, and just, we feel you and so we love. see you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. We, we love you and, and yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. In this world today, with all this this bad stuff that's happening, it's so nice and good to feel the 
people. They mm-hmm. they have all this love. Yeah, it brings us together. Eurovision yeah. brings people together. Yeah. That's yeah. the good part exactly. that I love about Eurovision. Yeah. This is the Euro trip. So that was my chat with the lovely sister from Iceland, Sigga Better Annaline, here on the Euro trip. And good luck to them in semi-final one. And good luck to Maro in semi-final one. And coming up in just a second, we move from semi-final one to semi-final two. Finally, hearing that chat with Circus Mercus. Yeah, very excited to bring you that chat in just a moment. Now, we've got to be quick and get to it because we've moved ourselves inside. We're going to head to the studio very shortly because we've got another one of these episodes to actually record in about five minutes' time. So we, we've got to be quick. Uh, so should we get to this chat with Circus Mercus? Because I know that's why you're all here. Yeah, we do have to be very quick, but I appreciate I always do this. Take us on a very quick tangent, and often not very quick tangents. But we're in what you could only describe as... Well, a mess, if only you could see it. I think this is kind of the props cupboard or like storage for this show that we're doing. There's all sorts in here. We've got a bit of scaffolding down there. <laughs> yeah, there's a coffee machine. There's a, there's a tub of paint there. I don't know what you'd use that for. It is a mess. I don't know why we've come in here. Are you going to stick with the paint there, Rob? I'm just seeing what colour it is. Oh, it's just matte white. I was hoping it was going to be like, you know, cyan blue or something. You know, some fun name like springtime glow. Wow, is that what you're getting your bathroom done with? What colour would springtime glow be, do you reckon? Uh, probably a, a luscious blue. I was going to say yellow. Circus oh. Mercus. Let's get there. They are one of the most peculiar acts, I'd say, in Eurovision 2022, and they've got some competition. We've got uh, Subwoofer, of course, for Norway, who haven't spoken a word yet throughout their Eurovision journey. I wonder if they'll actually ever speak. Uh, but uh, Circus Mercus, of course, have spoken to us. And what... A peculiar situation I found myself in. So, uh, to, to let you in on a, a behind the scenes of the Euro trip, uh, sometimes me and Rob organise interviews for each other. Now, Circus Mercus was an interview that Rob was unavailable for. So, I hopped on the Zoom call and they weren't there. Yes. And I was on the motorway and at a service station and then received a phone call from a Georgian phone number, which doesn't happen very often. I couldn't take the call at the time because I think I was trying to buy a sandwich or something at the time. Anyway, got an email from Circus Mercus's press person. They said, oh, there's been a bit of a mess up with the time, but they can do the interview right now. So I then very quickly messaged you in capital saying, Circus Mercus, now! (laughs) So I had to run to my laptop and get myself set up. I did. I was out of breath. And then their press person hopped on the call. The internet connection was atrocious. The press person disappeared. And then magically out of nowhere, honestly, it was like some sort of horror movie. <laughs> Circus Mercus arrived. And if you go and check out my Twitter account, I think uh, we as well at Eurotrip Podcast retweeted it. You'll see what they look like. They had their full getup on. You don't see their faces properly. So one of them had a pair of goggles on, another an eye patch. And then one of them appeared with the biggest... I was going to say floral beard I've ever seen. It was this, you've probably seen pictures online, it was full of leaves and flowers. It's like a vajazzled beard. <laughs> that's not what I thought you were going to say. But yeah, that's what it looked like. And it was great to chat to them because they haven't done many interviews about Eurovision. So we'll chat about all sorts of things. They'll give some very cryptic answers. So I will ask them about their staging. I will ask them about, well, actually, I asked them about the staging a little bit more and they promised there's a big surprise coming. Maybe they'll elaborate. And then they'll also tell us what their hopes are for their result come Eurovision week, which isn't very far away at all. So let's get to it, shall we? This is what happened when I caught up with Georgia's Circus Mercus. It's been about five or six months since Circus Mercus were announced to be taking part in the Eurovision Song Contest. It feels like a long time. 
How does it feel to to hear those words that you're going to be going to to Eurovision? Yes. So the six months, it uh, it kind of sounds uh, as a very very long time, but uh, in actuality, it is not so long. Time is relative. Yes. So we we did not really uh, feel the uh, time passing by because we were uh, we were. Uh, working all days and all nights and uh, it just flew like uh, like a butterfly and tell us about the song then lock me in of course was that written specifically for eurovision itself yes and no because it was uh, written at the time uh, when we decided to participate in this event uh kind of written for the purpose of eurovision and also not because yeah music was written not for eurovision but, uh, lyrics but uh, yes, for, lyrics for... were uh, were written for the Eurovision. Yes. Uh, talk us through that process. Then, what was it like musically, and then lyrically? Then, you know, if you say the music was the music was first, I presume, and then the lyrics came yeah. after. What was the what was the process of going for the for the lyrics specifically for Eurovision? Then, we had brainstorming days and nights <laughs> for about. We uh, worked very very hard for yes. for months. Yes, for months because uh, you see the part the intro part was very uh, how to say tricky yeah and complex, complex and, and complex so yes we we actually thought that we might uh, release this song only just uh, instrumental not the vocals but then something uh, came to us some kind of um, feeling some kind of scent you know and uh, yes Electric that's signal. yes that's that's how we came about uh, to uh, writing the lyrics look me up, look me down. And why Eurovision then? When or whose idea was it? Talk us through that process where you know you're writing music and then somebody goes. Eurovision would uh, be a good idea. Whose idea was yeah, it? It, uh, it? It was the idea of uh, our master of ceremonies, who we shared uh, his philosophy, and uh, he wanted uh, to gather as many followers as he could. And we also, as a part of Circus Mirkus community, uh, would love to have uh, more and more people join us. So yes, I uh, we think uh, that Eurovision is the best way to gather as much uh, followers as much disciples that we can and to share our philosophy and the state of mind yes and what do you think about the the public reaction so far because i remember when you guys were announced last year you know there was a lot of intrigue people were very interested in circus mercus of course since the song has come out what do you think about the the public reaction to you guys in the song i think uh, the main comment is underrated yes and uh, i don't know if, if the if yes if so many people think that it is underrated then it becomes overrated no <laughs> it's a, a paradoxical thing yes but yes i for me it was uh, very very good because uh, i think people really get it what we are about what we sing about and what we talk about it what we want to uh, what the philosophy is that we want to share and uh, if people don't understand it then we are more than happy to explain understand yes is it a good thing to be underrated do you think i don't really know 
because I've never been rated before. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about the luck of Circus Mercus? Because naturally everybody is talking about it. Why so mysterious? Why the glasses? Why this beautiful flowery beard? Where did where did this idea come from? This is our everyday look. Yes, this is how we wake up and how we go to sleep. Sometimes it changes <laughs> because it depends on our mood, you know. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm a bucket of flowers, and I suddenly my beard has be is becoming like a flower. Yes, and my hair also goes all. Uh, uh, berserk and it is <laughs> growing uh, the kind of trees and uh, yes it is really strange it depends on our mood uh, how we look and why not show our complete faces because who cares about identities anyways identity I mean, is overrated under yes unlike <laughs> circus Mirkos <laughs> identities are overrated and also in our group uh, not gonna mention who uh, is a worldwide famous uh, artist and we did not want us to be pinned on some identities. So that is why we are uh, covering our faces also with the uh, glasses. What do you make about everybody trying to figure out who you are? Because everybody following Eurovision is trying to figure out who it is behind the masks. What do you make of all that? Does it really matter? Though? Yes, they are interested because uh, people are, uh, how to say, people are used to uh, following the uh, different uh, ideals uh, and faces and uh, identities. I, I think that's why they want uh, us to be seen and they want to know who we are. But uh, as we said before, it does not matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Talk to us about the plan then. Tell us what that plan is all about. plan is uh, very simple. Yeah. Gather as much followers as we can, share our philosophy, share our love, and make the world a better place. Basically take over the world. Yes. <laughs> and how do you think the plan's going so far? Not in a sinister, not in a sinister and diabolical way, but uh, more... Uh, musically. Musically and uh, lovingly and uh, huggingly and uh, cuddly way. Let's talk about Turin then. It's not long until you guys head to Italy. Is that the first time you, you guys are going to be in Turin? It is my first time, but uh, I think uh, Ludwig was there a couple of times, yes? Not in Turin, in Italy. I've ah, yes, there, in Italy, like not in Turin, times, yes. But not yeah. in Turin. So, yeah, it is, it is our first time. We are very much looking forward to it and we think that it, it is going to be an absolute blast. It's been a long time, of course, since Georgia qualified to the grand final, 2016, yeah. of course, uh, a few years mm -hmm. ago. What would it mean to, to take Georgia back to the grand final? Well, it, it will be our greatest honour because we are representing our country and also our master of ceremonies. And we think that he would be very, very proud. He is already very proud that we could make it uh, uh, to Eurovision, but... Uh, also, grand final is the biggest thing, you know. And is that uh, the goal to get there, or do you have your sights set on... Second place. Second place Second is place is the goal, yes. Because uh, our country would not uh, will not be able to, uh, how to say... Accommodate. Accommodate the uh, Eurovision, yes. Because uh, it is a lot of money involved, and many people in the world know... Georgia is not the wealthiest country in the world. So, yes, the second place is the best. So, if you guys are second place, who's first place then? 
Ukraine. Ukraine will definitely get uh, in our... Uh, yes, we believe that Ukraine will definitely get the first place. What about, of course, the look of Circus Mercus on stage? We've seen a couple of the pre-party performances. They look quite understated, just a band performing on stage. Is that it, what it is? It is just, uh, how to say, it is a misdirection, like in any trick, in, like in any magical trick in circus. You see, there is a misdirection. And then suddenly something comes up. Uh, it will be uh, totally different. It will be uh, electric. It will be energetic, uh, magnetic, magnetic, and also many, many ethics. Wow. Can't wait to find out what that looks like. Uh, we can't wait to show you because we, ha- we also have a very, very big surprise, uh, which we are, uh, how to say, which we want to tell you, but we took an oath not to tell you. <laughs> Can you give us an idea? Maybe tell us one word about that. what that surprise may well be. Can you give us a tease? Yes, I can tell you one uh, letter. <laughs> Go on then. E. Maybe that's enough. M. M. Perfect. Yeah. We'll write it down. We'll see. We'll see what happens in Turin. <laughs> Most importantly, what will the masks look like on stage? Will these glasses remain the same? Will this beard look the same? Will this eye patch look the same? Uh, we don't really know. It may change uh, by our mood because we now we are really happy. Uh, in a happy state uh, of our minds uh, and we live a very beautiful life here and that's why we look like this if we if the if our mood will change maybe we will change too well it's not long on weather and mood Uh, well exactly it's not long until we we have to find out it's not long at all to go Uh, thank you so much for joining us you've given us a a very intriguing insight into the world of circus mercus we can't wait to see what it looks like on stage and i just want to say i wish you the very best of luck thank you very much thank you so much this is the euro trip and what a wild ride that was how do you feel have you recovered yet this is me talking to you, James. Have you recovered from that interview? Because, I mean, honestly, that's unlike any Zoom call you've ever had. Honestly, there's some interviews you do, Rob, you'll know this for the podcast, and some of them go really smoothly, really well, you have great fun. I'm not saying I didn't have fun with Circus Mercus because I really, really did, but it was just one of those where it just seemed like chaos from beginning to end. Somebody tweeted me about this, and I said at the time, I was like, it was chaos, but great chaos. So hopefully that came across for you. We're just we're leaving the props cupboard now. And we're heading to the studio, and that's where we'll end today's episode, because as James mentioned, we've got to get on camera. The show is is starting in not very long at all, and it's got a little bit echoey again now, but if we just walk through now, transmission, rehearsal, the light's not on yet, so we can just creep inside. This is mysterious, isn't it? I wish you could see what we could see right now. And it turns out that actually, we thought we were going to be on in a second, but they're recording a musical performance that we've had to nip back out before we get told to... Before we get told to move on. And that would have given away who we're on the show with, and we can't possibly do that. No, we can't. And hopefully, you're not thinking right now when you listen to this episode, thinking, oh my goodness, what chaos this is on today's episode. Well, just you wait for a couple of weeks' time when we're in Turin, doing one episode every single day. Actually, was I allowed to say that? Have we oh, that he said it now. <laughs> no, we haven't announced that yet. But yeah, we are going to bring you episodes on the Sunday, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday, and the Saturday... 
of Eurovision Week. Yeah, very excited to bring you that. So what it means is today's episode is the last before Eurovision Fortnight officially begins. Rehearsals begin this coming weekend. We'll be back with you next Wednesday for our first episode during rehearsals week. So we'll try to give you some great coverage there. But then after that, that's our last usual episode of the season as we then head into Eurovision Week itself. You hop on a plane on Saturday. Next Saturday. Oh, God, you, Sorry not to panic you. Yeah, you put the frighteners on me there. I honestly thought, <laughs> I, well, I haven't packed a suitcase, I've not done anything. So yeah, I'm going to be heading there uh, a week on Saturday, bringing some coverage from there. You're going to be joining me on the Monday. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we'll get a little bit of James action from the, the opening ceremony as well, which will be very exciting. Hopefully we can bring you that. But yeah, who knows what we'll bring you into in. But we can promise you, it'll be worth listening to. And it will be chaos, but the good chaos that I mentioned before. We will be channeling our inner circus murkers <laughs> when we're out there. I'll get James some flowers for his beard when we're there. But thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the Eurotrip podcast. Sorry we couldn't bring you more from in the studio, by the way. I didn't realise the, the musical performance was about to happen. Who knows what you were about to hear? Well, we know what you're about to hear, and that would have been a treat for us all. But yeah, it's time for us to say goodbye. Hopefully you've enjoyed our little trip around here for this odd week for us here on the Eurotrip podcast, but... Give it a few months and there'll be something very enjoyable, hopefully, for you to watch on your tellies. Yeah, it was a bit peculiar, this episode, a little bit different, but you got three chats with the class of Eurovision 2022, and I don't think any other Eurovision podcast can say that right now. I... Or maybe they can. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you say that, I think they probably can, but not as enjoyable as your chat, especially with Circus Mercus. But thank you for everybody who has tuned in. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch, you can do that in a number of ways. We're on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Eurotrip Podcast. We're online, of course, EurotripPodcast.com for all of our exclusive stories. And you can also email us with any of your thoughts. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com. And in the meantime, until we're back with you for our last usual episode of the season before we start doing daily episodes during Eurovision Week, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James... It's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. And now I think, is somebody knocking on the door? Yeah, there he is. There's uh, a, man, a man from the production team. Just He's just nipped in. Oh, and he wants me to pass a radio. <laughs> uh, any, any, any. There's four on charge there. You can have radio number. Not got a number on it. There you are. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.